For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner of the break. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. Today's guest, a repeat guest, somebody we had on a little over a year ago when we first kicked off the ISO, a good friend of mine. From my time at the University of Washington, where we were teammates, also AAU teammates, but now he's currently a head coach of a very good Division II program, the Falcons, Seattle Pacific University. Grant Leap. Grant, appreciate you joining. How is the end of summer going for you? Hey, Dan, first of all, thank you for having me on again. This is always a blast. It's just always nice to catch up with catch up with good people. So um, I appreciate this a lot. Um, summer's been going great. Um We've had some guys, you know, they, they with with the pandemic continuing, they uh, extended the ability for us to do some voluntary workouts for guys when they're in town and, and want to come in the gym. And that's not usually what we get to do in Division Two. So that's been kind of nice to be able to have uh, a little more access to some of our guys when they're around and and just keep keep tabs on them as they travel around and, and enjoy their summer, but also get in the gym a little bit and try to get better. Well, it's great that you're able to spend more time with, with your players. Uh, for one of the few times the NCAA is flexible in making the right decision. But <laughs> well, not a lot of people understand the, the true differences between Division One and Division Two, um, with scholarship resources, with uh, evaluation opportunities for yourself, um, with, with all of the resources that you are able to have at your discretion. Give us a little bit of a breakdown between those two levels and the differences. I think one of the main differences happens in the summers where, you know, division one, the guys are having summer school, they're around all the time, which really extends their season out at division two. We don't get that same uh, access to the guys in the summertime. So they get a little bit more freedom to, to go, um, go on a vacation or go just go home and be home for a little while and decompress before we get them back in the fall. Um, so this year, obviously being a little bit different that they, the same as last summer, but they they allowed voluntary workouts. So if the player comes and initiates a workout, then we can get in the gym and, and be around them and work with them. Um, and then as far as scholarship goes, you know, Division One is 13 scholarships and they're all full scholarships. Um, at Division Two, the tip max is 10, but we can also split those uh, and be a little more creative with them. It's almost like a little bit more of a salary cap where we have athletics funds that we can use, but then there's also institutional funds that are based off of 
you know, whether it's financial need or academic merit that we can then pool together and, and try to package. And we end up packaging guys up to full. So of the, I think of the 14, 15 guys on my roster, I think we actually have 13 of them packaged up to full scholarships. That's interesting and unique. I didn't realize that at the division two level, um, you could mix and match where their full scholarship and tuition money comes from. Uh, it's, it is very truly like having a salary cap. Mm-hmm. Has there been a time where um, you, you just can't seem to put the pieces together and unfortunately you've missed out on a player that you really wanted? You know, it hasn't really happened. The The bigger struggle that we have is, you know, obviously being a, being a small private institution with high academic standards that has more, the academic standards have more been a limiter to who we can really pursue. Um, but at the same time, uh, we, we've been able to, you know, if there's a kid that we're really after and we really, think, you know, we, we can mobilize some resources that can help um, once we get them admitted to make sure that they're being successful. Obviously on the court, we want to do that, but, but more importantly in the classroom and making sure that they're, you know, going through and, and, getting classes that matter and, and can go towards a degree. And we've been fortunate, you know, I'm going into, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going into overall my 13th year at SPU and my sixth as head coach. And in the time that I've been there, every player that's come through our program has graduated and left with a degree. So that's something that I'm really proud of. Uh, yeah. You must be proud of, of having successful basketball program, but also young men head off with a degree and, uh, open doors outside of just the athletic world. You mentioned your sixth year as head coach, um, that in 13th at SPU, that's kind of a rarity in college athletics these days that someone stays in one place as long as they have. When you look at your previous, the previous head coach at SPU, Ryan Looney, who went to Point Loma and now he's a head coach at Division One Idaho mm-hmm. State, uh, do you have aspirations of continuing to build SPU at the division two level, or are you looking if the right opportunity presents itself to test your merit at the division one level? Well, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a tough spot because I don't think we've achieved everything that I want us to achieve here at SPU yet. So I kind of feel like it's unfinished, unfinished business, especially when you look at, you know, the last couple of years when, when the pandemic started, I mean, I remember so vividly when it was really when Rudy Gobert got that positive test back, we had just arrived in San Diego for, for the division two national tournament. And we had just gotten down and we just walked into to a team dinner when all that news broke. So we got sent home. And then this last year, it was a really challenging year for us because we, we were able to play, but, it, but we couldn't leave the state just for, for health and safety reasons which also then kept us from being able to qualify for the national tournament. So I feel like, you know, and then we qualified the year before. So we've really, in, a, in essence, qualified three years in a row, but only been able to play in one. So I just feel like we have so much unaccomplished that this group really is hungry for. Um, so I'm always working to, you know, I heard a coach say one time, you bloom where you're planted. And I think that is so true. You know, right now I'm at SPU and I'm going to do everything that I can to give the best experience for the group that we have and to, to win as many games and graduate as many players as we can to prepare them to move on. And that's really my, my only focus. I've never heard that phrase and I really like it. Bloom where you're planted. Yeah, I, lo- I loved it when, when I heard that. Yeah. Too many players are looking for that next uh, opportunity. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 
I, I'm uh, I had that issue myself as a player at times. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting and there's part of a player you always want more. You train to have opportunities, and if you're not maybe getting the amount of opportunities that um, you you feel are deserved, you're looking for more. And so I'm going to try to take that and use that because that is really good. And I, I can see how that works for a coach too, because mm-hmm. just because you plan it, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a lot of, along the lines of uh, uh, Greg Bell, a phenomenal author, wrote a book called Water the Bamboo, where it takes years to develop. And then once it grows, it grows in enormous spurts. Mm-hmm. And I heard, you know, just listening to, to the work that you do, Dan, I heard you talking with Coach McCollum the other day from Northwest Missouri State, who, who we play this year, which I'm really excited about. Um, but he, he was mentioning, you know, the fact that he has it pretty good where he's at. And I, I feel the same about SPU. I think I have a really good job. So it's always going to be tough. You know, it's got to be something really, really good that would pry me away from here because I feel like I have a very, very good, um, very good setup here. With some of the differences in scholarship amounts at the Division II level, how does that change your evaluations and your recruiting of high school players? Because uh, you don't have the opportunity, maybe like a Division One, to miss on an eval or miss on giving a scholarship to a player. Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely makes us more intentional about how we go about the process. You know, I think, you know, we, we do a lot of work in evaluation, but also in relationship building. That's something that's really important to us. You know, there's there's so many different ways to go about recruiting. And there's some programs that send out a lot of offers when, you know, they see a kid and they offer them and they, you know, and they end up having, you know, 10, 12 offers out for maybe three or four spots. And that's not the way that we've chosen to operate. We do, you know, we are very intentional. If we offer a kid, then we are going all in on that on that kid. And we we do everything we can to build the relationship and try to help them to see the fit because you you hit on it as well. I mean, so much of it is about finding the place that you fit. And when you look at the transfer portal and there's, you know, 3000 names in that thing from all, all across all division one, two and three. Well, that to me means that there's a there's there's something going on with relationship that isn't quite right. So we've just tried to do a better job of emphasizing the relationship, emphasizing the fit, and just trying to find kids that maybe want to have a different experience, whether it's at a smaller college, whether it's um, potentially an opportunity to play sooner, um, and just kind of be around that same group for three years, four years, and, and grow together as a group. And, and we've been able to provide a, a pretty good opportunity for the kids that are looking for that just a little bit, little bit different. And I mean that in a good way, um, just to have a little bit better experience overall. You've spent a number of years as an assistant coach, uh, I believe at Spokane Community College, yep. before your time at SPU and now as a head coach. When you're putting together a staff of assistant coaches, video coordinators, uh, maybe graduate assistants or, or managers, what are you looking for? How do you fill out a staff? For me, I think, and this is a great question because I just recently had to make a hire. Um, I, I want guys that can coach, first of all, and that's important to me. And I know recruiting and all this, this is, is very important, but I think it's easier to be able to teach recruiting and relationships than it is to be able to teach coaching basketball. It's hard. This job is hard. And I guess the relationship piece is also important, right? I need guys that are good relationship builders. That's also a thing that's hard to teach. 
Um, but then guys that are just in all in and coaching, because it's one of those things where I think if you have, you know, if you have like a, a backup plan, then that's always going to be on your mind. And this, this, this business, especially when you start out as a grind and you've got to be willing to put in more hours than probably what you're getting paid for. And so if you have that backup plan sitting there, then all of a sudden, I think that backup plan is going to become your priority. Um, I heard, I heard somebody say one time, no plan B, like you, when you go into a business like coaching, that has to be plan A and you can't have a plan B because otherwise that plan B becomes a little bit more attractive when you hit, when you hit some adversity or you hit, um, maybe, you know, all your friends are, are getting jobs and making more money than you are. And you're like, well, man, I, that'd be nice to do that. And it's like, you gotta be all in on this. And, um, it does, it just takes time and it's a hard business to get into, um, but you have to kind of embrace that grind and be able to put in the, the long hours and, and, and do the work to, to be successful. So um, finding guys that can coach basketball is really important to me. I don't want guys, especially I think at this level, you better be able to evaluate. You better be able to teach fundamentals. You better be able to know X's and O's. You better be able to be good at relationships because we don't have the same size as staff, right? We don't, I have one full-time coach and I have a part-time assistant. Um, and then we have some volunteer assistance as well. So finding guys that can kind of do it all is really, really important to me. And I've hit a, I've been fortunate because I think I've hit a couple of home runs um, in, in Kegan Bone, who just recently stepped out of it. Um, but the Bone family obviously has a lot of a lot of recognition in North in the Northwest in the basketball circles. But then Kefri Fazio, who's with me now, is a, just an absolute stud of a coach and a, and a person. And to have him representing SPU and representing our program is huge. And then we just recently hired a, a kid that um, a young man, I should say, he's not a kid anymore, that played for us. Um, he was a sophomore when I took the program over in 2016, finished up with us in 1920. And then he spent the last year at Utah Valley um, as a GA for from Coach Mark Madsen and his staff named Gabe Colosimo, who's going to come back and, and help out. So I'm pretty excited about the staff that we've put together and the experience that they'll be able to provide our guys. Well, you sound like you've obviously put time and effort into to kind of prioritizing what's important in your staff. How about your, your coaching philosophy? How has that changed over the years from – being a, a, an assistant coach kind of starting off in the business to now a head coach who's solidified uh, with a division two national tournament type team. Uh, where have your philosophies or the important points of how you look at the game maybe stayed the same or maybe changed? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you look at, I'm kind of the sum of all the places I've been, right? Like I, you know, playing at Mount Vernon for Mac Fraser, who was, I learned so much there and then going to Washington and playing for coach Bender was also a good experience. But then, you know, I worked at North Seattle community college for a year for Billy Rogers and then for Eric Hughes, the assistant at UW uh, when I was at Spokane for a couple of years. And then when I was at Eastern Washington, I worked for Mike Burns and Kirk Earlywine. So two coaches there in four years before coming back to SPU. So through all of that, you kind of try to figure out, okay, well, you know, you see so many different teams across so many different levels, but what, what are all good teams doing? And that was kind of always like on my mind. I'm always thinking, because you can win so many different ways. You can play fast, you can play slow, you can uh, control the ball, you can be really aggressive on defense, you can play more of a pack style. So it's like, but, but all teams are successful in such different ways. And so as I watch games, I'm trying to figure out, well, what, it, what is it that makes good teams good? And 
the three things that I, and obviously there's more than three, but the three things that I landed on to me that kind of summed everything up are kind of the philosophy that we use to drive our team. And it's commitment. So you have to be obviously committed to your school. You have to be committed to how you play. Um, you have to be you know, committed to your team. It's communication. I think all good teams are great talking teams. Um, they communicate with one another often on, on and off the court. And then competition. You got to be ready to go out and play hard and compete every single night. And, and whether it's playing cards, whether it's playing a board game, or playing basketball, they want guys that compete. So those kind of those three C's are the things that we talk a lot with our team about commitment, communication, and competition. I like those. And I can remember from our days uh, as teammates at the university of Washington, uh, there was some heated card battles. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes, there was. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't matter if there was a, you know, a 25 cent (laughs) bet or a dollar raise, which (laughs) kind of shows you what college is. Uh, college athletes dealt with financially yep. at the time, as opposed to these new NIL deals. Um, and not that we, you and I were involved yeah. in any of those at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think either one of us uh, would have had uh, any uh, offers from any uh, companies <laughs> in the Seattle area at the time. Uh, last question, Grant, the crossover Jamal Crawford's summer pro-am in Seattle calls SPU home. How helpful has that been for your program and maybe even the school just to get the name Seattle Pacific out there? I think it's great. And the fact that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because the the impact that Jamal has had on just not only basketball as a whole, but specifically in the Northwest, where he's just kind of like the, the tight knit community that he's been a large part of creating of all of the players that have come out of Seattle is, I think that's really, that's awesome. It's really special because I don't think that exists in a lot of other kind of big city metropolitan areas. Um, So the fact that that's at SPU, it's afforded our guys some opportunities to play in that, which is, which is really unique. Um, You know, they uh, on, I think it's on, I think it's on NBA live. It might be on 2k now too, but you can play summer leagues and, and play at SPU on the video game, which is really cool. I mean, it's a, it's a small thing, right? But it's, it's, that's something that's pretty unique. So you can actually play on SPU's court and I can't, I think it's on live, but it might be on 2k as well now. Um, but it's, that, that's just kind of a small little thing. That's just kind of cool that we can, you know, talk to guys about when they get on campus. And, um, but it's, it's, you know, basketball, Seattle loves basketball. Seattle to me is a basketball town and to have that at our place and, and bring people into our gym and, and see kind of the facilities that we have and, and get a game experience in our gym. I think that's something that's that's really special. So the fact that he does that at our place, I think is a really big deal. Well, Grant, it's always great to connect. I uh, look forward to following your team from a distance this upcoming season. And over the last five or six years, I've had the chance to call the Division II title game for Westwood One Radio. And, and fingers crossed, at yes. some point, I'm going to be able to call an SPU game in that setting. So best That's a dream of mine, Dan. I want to make it happen. All right. Well, let's let's get it done this year so that we can kind of uh, talk shop in, in your preparation for what is yep. hopefully an opportunity for your program. So thanks again for joining, Grant. Hey, thank you. ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network.
the number one podcast network for professionals. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.